Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Don't just feel like you have to commit to a specific path. Like if, like I have a degree in computer science, so I can only be a software engineer. That's not defined. You can be a PM. You can be a project manager. There might be things that you are passionate about outside of just that box. It's time for Women Who Code Conversations, a segment to hear from top technology professionals sitting down with a Women Who Code member to discuss real-world experiences in the industry, what they've learned over the course of their career, and what they think is coming next for tech. Hi, I'm Stephanie Rideout, Leadership Fellow at Women Who Code for the Python track. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Priyanka Vergadia, Priyanka is a staff developer advocate at Google and has been working with cloud technology for a decade. She holds an MS in computer science from the University of Pennsylvania and a BS in electronics from India. Priyanka works with companies and cloud architects to solve their most pressing business challenges using cloud computing. She is also an artist and author who has combined her cloud knowledge with visual storytelling into her recently published best-selling book, Visualizing Google Cloud. You can also find her video on cloud concepts on her YouTube channel, The Cloud Girl, and her website, thecloudgirl.dev. Thank you for joining me today, Priyanka. Would you like to introduce yourself and share a little bit about your career journey? Thank you for having me here, Stephanie. I'm so excited to to share just a little bit about, you know, um, the career journey, my passion for cloud technology, As far as the career journey goes, I have um, basically taken that traditional path of like, uh, went to a computer science, went and gotten a computer science degree. I started off as as a software engineer in test and my first job. And from there, I really, I did that for a year, year and a half. And I, I realized that I was liking it. I wasn't loving it. And that's kind of where I decided to explore a little bit more about myself and also things that I like to do. And um, a big part of that was just knowing a little bit more from the people around me. So there were these sales engineering teams that used to sit very close to me when I was writing software development, testing uh, code, right? And and that gave me a little bit of like a peek into what they do. And so I, I expressed my interest into trying that out. And in the process, explored myself and explored the idea that I'm really good at presenting technical concepts to uh, to business as well as uh, technical folks. And so, yeah, from there, the journey into working with customers and being a sales and a customer engineer started. And a few years ago, I also explored another side of me, which was building and creating videos and visual storytelling and telling, basically bringing the technical concepts and telling them in interesting ways so that they are easier and faster, so that they, you know, facilitate easy and faster learning for folks. So yeah, with that, I transitioned into developer advocate and currently I'm a staff developer advocate at Google Cloud. Wonderful. Could you please tell us about working at Google and the work you do there as a staff developer advocate? So yeah, working at Google obviously was a dream for me. Um, And when I got in in 2017 as a customer engineer, 
uh, my really my main focus was to learn from others as well like I definitely had that whole imposter syndrome thing that everybody feels, I've no idea how I got here, right? Sort of thing. And then once you are there, you're continuously seeing all these people who are amazing at what they do. So my whole focus initially was to really just find and learn from the folks around me and develop myself technically as well as, uh, as, well as professionally. But at the same time, I was also in the process of like, finding what I love, because that I believe is like a constant journey for everybody. So I was also in the process of I was learning from people, but also in the process of like, okay, what do I love? Where can I make a different sort of thing? And in that process is kind of how I found this, this um, path of visual storytelling and learning and learning and teaching at the same time, sort of, which is what the whole developer advocacy job is. So the culture and the team at especially the team I am in, sort of allows you to progress in the direction that you're really good at and let that shine with the goals of the team, sort of, um, which I really enjoy. I noticed that you are very passionate about visual storytelling, and you recently published a book, Visualizing Google Cloud, 101 Illustrated References for Cloud Engineers and Architects. What is visual storytelling and how does your passion for storytelling help you to create technical content that best serves the developers you work with at Google? Great. Yeah, I just got this book published. Um, it's right here uh, behind me. I have a passion for colors and visuals, and that's the way I've sort of since I remember, that's kind of how I learn things. So um, when I'm sitting down and learning something, I first make like a, I, if I'm reading something, I would like have a notebook or something on the side where I'm like drawing stuff, how things are connected sort of. And I just thought as, a, as I was learning Google Cloud, I thought it would be great to, to have like visual references for each of the different products and not just about Google Cloud, but also in general about cloud. And when I looked for it online in places, tried to find some resources, there was not much out there to learn visually, especially in the cloud space. So I thought while I'm doing this, while I'm learning it for myself as well, uh, why not Why not make these sketches in a way that they can be consumed by everybody and make other people's lives easier too on their cloud journey. So that's kind of how the book was born. And it has lots of colors in it. Like if I, if I pick it up right here, <laughs> um, it, it, my, my whole goal was to make it so, um, so it's attractive. Um, and, and oh, here you can see like some of the, um, some of the different like colors and stuff that I've chosen are to sort of make it, make, um, make it appealing to look at, like, if you put it on a coffee table, somebody would want it sort of flip through a few pages. It's also written in a way that you don't have to read the whole book. You can just sit down for 10 minutes and read two pages and consume that. And then it's connected if you read end to end, but it's also enough to like sort of use as references, um, which was also my goal because I, um, I with like attention spans going becoming shorter and shorter <laughs> over time as we are in the world of like, TikToks and social media in general, like 
everybody just wants to consume information faster. So the goal was not to have somebody like sit down and read the entire book. It was more for how can I consume it in the time that I have. And if you have time for just two pages, you'll still end up getting something out of it. That was how I sort of combined the two things together, like my passion for art, my passion for, for technology into, into this book. <laughs> Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your passion about visual storytelling and how you're using that uh, with Google Cloud. That is really awesome. So um, next question, what excites you most right now about the intersection between cloud computing and machine learning? Yeah, very interesting. Okay, so I really think cloud computing is the enabler for machine learning. And machine learning has a lot of different uh, machine machine learning projects in general have a lot of different things that a data scientist or an ML engineer needs to do. A part of that is building models and training those models. And then the second big part of that uh, part of machine learning is serving those models. Now, in both of those areas, cloud, I think, has a potential to help expedite those, those two areas. So think about machine learning model training. Now, when you're training the models as a, as a data scientist or as, as an ML engineer, you just want to build the model and train and, and get the output of that model. You really don't want to worry about, okay, how big is the machine or the infrastructure that I need in order to run this model? Um, so that's kind of where I think that cloud computing really helps facilitate the growth of those machine learning projects and models. And then the second part that I mentioned is serving those models, which like, for example, if I build a model, and I think that four people are going to utilize it and there'll be like maybe 400 requests coming to it. Great. But then tomorrow, let's say your model gets really popular and 4 million people are going to hit that model, right? You need to have that scale automatically for the serving of your, of your model and cloud uh, has all the tools that allow you to do that today. So I think that's kind of where that intersection is for like facilitating and making it easier for machine learning engineers and data scientists to kind of do their job and not have to worry about some of the uh, compute and infrastructure related items. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Very interesting. We're gonna switch gears a little bit and chat about career paths. So what advice would you like to share with us about defining one's career path could you please share about the power of being a generalist in tech? Okay, yeah, it's a two-part question. And I, I think I'll start with the first part of your like, defining your career path. And like, when you begin your journey in tech, you may not know what where your path is headed or what you want to do, which is totally fine. Like you don't really have to have it all figured out, but you have to be open to like trying different things, just also analyzing what are you enjoying? What are the things that you want to know more about? And just learning a lot from the people around you is, is super critical because let's say you're a software engineer and you work with PMs, interact with them all day, every day. You work with project managers, you work with you know, sometimes maybe you don't work with marketing or sales teams. 
maybe you should just get a coffee with somebody in marketing or sales to kind of learn a little bit more about what they do. What is their contribution? You just don't know what you don't know. And you want to try and learn a little bit about all the different job roles because you might stumble upon something that you feel like this is the thing that I maybe want to do. That's what had, had happened to me. So, so, you know, it's, I'm a practical example of that. So it's definitely possible. So just like the advice for like career path um, is yes, think a lot about where you want to go, but also try a lot of different things in the process and don't just feel like you have to commit to a specific path. Like if, like I have a degree in computer science, so I can only be a software engineer. That's not defined. You can be a PM, you can be a project manager. There might be things that you are passionate about outside of just that box that you can bring in. Like I give the examples of like bringing in my passion for art into telling stories that are technical, right? There's a lot of analysis that you need to do in the step-by-step process to get there. Uh, But none of that has to be figured out. Like I wouldn't have known this four years ago or five years ago or when I just got out of school. Uh, But taking those steps is important. So that's the advice I would give for, for career path. Just keep analyzing what are you enjoying in today's role? What do you like to see in tomorrow's role? And just keep taking those steps slowly. Um, the other part of your question was was also very interesting, power of being a generalist. And that's a, and I get that one a lot because there are a lot of different con- conceptions in, um, in the tech community of like, I, I want to be a super deep into one topic. And then there are some who are like me who want to be generalist and choose to be generalist because of certain reasons. For me, the choice of being a generalist was very clear because I, I, can, I can go deep in topics, but, but my real passion lies in learning a bunch of different topics every other day or every day, right? That's where I get motivated. I get excited about learning a new thing every day. And yes, when you're going deep into a topic, you would learn new things every day, but like deeper into the same topic. For me, like I like the breadth of all the things, which is also one of my other passions, right? Like just like when I'm working with a customer, they have a different problem. And then tomorrow when I'm working with another customer, they're talking about a totally different thing. Those things excite me. But if that's not something that excites you, then that's like a barometer of like you figuring out whether generalist is for you or whether being a specialist is for you. I Like I said, in the career path definition, those are things that you want to define for yourself. Like these, this is something I, I like to be a generalist because of these, these, these things that I just like in general enjoy. You might want to be a program manager or a project manager because you're really good at organizing things. I'm not, right? So that's kind of what, those are the things that you want to realize about yourself and then put them into your career path so that you can build one that you end up actually enjoying. (laughs) Absolutely. I really enjoyed hearing all about the different things you're passionate about um, at work. Uh, What are you passionate about outside of work? Oh, great. Okay. So I think I kind of dropped some hints of uh, what I enjoy outside of work, but here it is. (laughs) I, I really enjoy drawing and painting and sketching. 
I am introvert at heart. So every time that I have a little bit of a downtime outside of work, you'll definitely find me either sketching or painting or just, you know, chilling in that way. That's like my way of like my, my mind gets to ease when I'm drawing and sketching. The other passion of mine or distraction, I should say, um, we, I just got a puppy. He's about eight months. So, you know, he's taking up all the time for right now. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> what is a pro tip you would like to share with our audience? One of my pro tips, and this is a pro tip because it kind of worked for me in every single step of, of the career, is like being open to saying yes to things, especially early on in the career. It is so important to say yes, because you want to open yourself up to different areas, your mind up to different areas and fields that you might not know about. And I kind of touched a little bit on this in the career path. But saying yes, asking to network with people who you don't know what they do or network with people who you know what they do, but you want to learn more to see if you want to, you know, try something out in that direction. Let's say you're a software engineer, you're intrigued about product management. Talk to somebody who you currently work with who might give you the 30 minutes over coffee to just discuss what they do every day. Maybe you'll figure out that this is something for me, or maybe you'll figure out, maybe not, right? And that's a good closure too. So like trying, like understanding that and just saying yes. And then if they are saying like, you know, I've got a project that you can do with me for, you know, for like the 20% the of your time or the, the upcoming project or whatever it may be, saying, being open to saying yes to that so that you can figure out and explore what you actually like or don't like. And this is again, like a minor tip as well. It's like knowing what you don't like is also important. So, so that you don't end up in a situation working on a thing that you don't really enjoy working on. Right. So um, that's kind of, those are the two little bits of um, tips that I that have really worked for me, like especially early on in the career, I've said yes to a lot of different projects, explored and found out these 10 were great and these two didn't quite work out. And if I did them the next time, I would do them differently or this one I will never do again because that was not for me, right? It's just knowing those things is super critical, especially early on in the career. So those are my tips. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. I'm a huge advocate for saying yes to more opportunities. And I feel like you definitely learn so many skills and, um, you know, definitely the things that you like and, and maybe not as much. <laughs> so that is such, a, such great advice. Thank you so much. So um, to kind of close us out here, um, how can people connect with you? Yeah, so I'm available on um, Twitter as P. Bergadia and on LinkedIn as well as on YouTube. And yeah, just if you if you want to talk about something or have a question, my LinkedIn messages are usually open. So, or you can just drop a line or a tweet on Twitter as well. Fantastic. Priyanka, thank you so much for joining us today. You shared so many amazing insights and you're doing amazing work at Google. And I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you so much. 
for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment.